0: Al Jazeera podcast.
1: Every day is a surprise for a TV news producer.
0: Gotta leave the office and run and figure something out.
1: But for Rania Zabane, one of Al Jazeera's longtime journalists in the occupied West Bank, some days the surprises are harder than others.
0: I've been covering this story for 20 years. You know, there are certain risks associated with reporting under occupation.
1: It's no secret. May 11, 2022, was one of
2: those days. Let me bring you some breaking news. An Al Jazeera correspondent has been shot by Israeli forces. We understand that she's been killed.
1: The woman Rania spent almost every day with, her mentor, her friend, Shireen Abu Akleh, was gone. I still find myself
0: typing her initials on emails I send at times before I have to remind myself that she's not there anymore. Shireen's always on my mind, home, work, in the field, she's always present.
1: Al Jazeera correspondent Shireen Abu Akleh, our colleague, a Palestinian American and an icon of Arab journalism, was killed by Israeli forces a year ago today. Since then, what's happened to the pursuit of justice for Shireen? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take.
0: This past year without Shireen has been very difficult. You'd think that the wound would start to heal with time, but it hasn't. It's been only getting harder without Shireen around. It feels like the office has lost its soul in a
1: way. Rania says little things come up every day that have her thinking about Shireen and their days in Al Jazeera's bureau together.
0: We used to talk about story ideas, check facts, buy things online, get food, talk about family. And
1: big things, too.
0: When I did my first on-air report a few months ago, she was the first person I wanted to share this with. But she wasn't there.
1: And Shireen's absence leaves her with big questions. The fact that those who killed someone as seasoned,
0: as prominent as Shireen, someone with a dual citizenship, an American-Palestinian journalist who works with an international network such as Al Jazeera, are still not held accountable, where does that leave the rest of us?
1: In the years since Shireen was killed, there have been numerous investigations by journalists, human rights organizations, and governments. And most of them, including Al Jazeera's, point to the Israeli military as the source of the bullet that Shireen was shot with.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> journalists surrounded her. And according to Forensic Architecture, architects who do just that, examining the bullet holes, It was clear this was a targeted shooting.
0: All of these shots were kill shots aiming from the shoulder up, and all shots fired were within close proximity to one another. So the uh, marksman was determined and deliberately targeting the journalists in that incident.
1: But the Israeli investigation and the US investigation did not reach that conclusion. Killing Shireen was an accident, they said, if the Israeli military fired the shot. This is State Department spokesperson Ned Price, citing the U.S. security coordinator.
2: The U.S.S.C. found no reason to believe that this was intentional, but rather the result of tragic circumstances.
1: That left widespread frustration, including from Shireen's family, led in the U.S. by her niece, Lina Abu
2: There hasn't been any accountability from the U.S. If the U.S. truly believes in accountability, then there needs to be action, and this is what we are calling for, for a U.S. independent investigation.
1: Shireen's family pushed for one more U.S. investigation, and they got it, an FBI investigation. Six months after Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh was killed, the FBI announced it will open a criminal probe into her death, a rare and unprecedented step in U.S.-Israeli
2: relations.
1: That investigation was announced last November without Israeli support.
2: Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz said that he will not cooperate with a U.S. investigation into the death of Shirin Abu Akleh. Gantz tweeted that the decision to conduct an investigation over the journalist's death is a mistake.
1: So we called up our colleague Ali Harb in Washington, D.C. to find out where it is now. Did you know our colleague
2: Shirin Abu Akleh at all? I did not know Shirin personally. But like many people who grew up in the Arab world, I personally grew up in Beirut. Uh, I knew Shireen as the voice of Palestine, as she has become to be known. She was in our living rooms, uh, telling Palestinian stories. Al Jazeera, Ramallah at the same time that I did not know her personally.:
0: Al Jazeera, Al Philistine.:
2: I feel like I knew Shireen very well. Yeah,
1: I we know what you mean. It's been one year since her death now. How are you feeling now? especially because I know a lot of your reporting has revolved around the investigation around her death.
2: Uh, As I cover the American response, the Biden administration's response to to this case, uh, just frustration grows by the day. I try to keep my personal feelings out of the situation, but it's incredibly difficult not to be angry when you hear the same statements from the State Department and from the White House that you know to be false.
1: What are those statements?
2: We've seen several contradictory statements from this administration, and we've seen several statements that are simply not backed by any evidence As recently as May third on World Press Freedom Day, State Department Deputy Spokesperson Vedant Patel was asserting, as a matter of fact, that Shireen was killed unintentionally.
1: Our findings uh, that are consistent with the U.S. security coordinators is that this was uh, unintentional and due to uh, incredibly tragic circumstances.
2: When we know from footage and eyewitnesses that she was targeted, there was nothing around her that would invite the Israeli bullets. There was no fighting. There was no exchange of gunfire. She was shot at repeatedly, and there was no fire being returned. But the shooter kept the hail of bullets coming. Yet, the State Department says this was unintentional, and I can't figure out how... They would have come up to this conclusion on their own.
1: I know that you spoke with Lina Abu Shireen's niece, and other members of her family as well when they went to the Biden administration last summer to ask for a more thorough investigation into Shireen's killing. Do you remember anything about that? What they were asking for?
2: They were asking for an American investigation for a transparent American investigation into the killing of an American citizen, of their aunt, of their sister, of their relative. Uh, And they met with Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Washington, but they were never given a satisfactory answer. President Joe Biden refused to meet with the family, uh, both when he was in Palestine and Israel and when they came to Washington. What I also got from Lena is how difficult it has been uh, for the family to process this enormous loss while also pushing for accountability and pushing for justice. So there is a job to be done and the grief is taking a back seat or at least it's not given enough space to be processed in a healthy way.
1: So one of the reasons an FBI investigation was called for were all of these issues with the first U.S. investigation that I mentioned earlier. The TAKE team looked into the Israeli and U.S. probes into Shireen's killing last fall, and we found that neither Israel nor the U.S. interviewed any of the Palestinian eyewitnesses who were with Shireen when she was killed. The team spoke to several of them, including Shada Hanesha, who, like every other witness we heard from, insists Israelis shot and killed Shireen. The Israeli uh, soldiers that in in that vehicles, they shooting us. They know know that we are journalists. We hear the the voice of that bullets. It's come to us, and they saw us. I'm very sure that they saw us. So, Ali, since then, the FBI investigation that you've been looking into, have they talked to any Palestinians? Have they found anything new?
2: Not that I am aware of. But what we do know about the first quote-unquote investigation by the United States government, which they say was a summation of, of Israeli and Palestinian probes, not something that they conducted themselves, but rather uh, an analysis of data that were provided but uh, by the two sides. We know that that investigation was not satisfactory, it didn't talk to anyone. Basically the first statement by the US security coordinator took Israel's word, they said we have reason to believe that Shireen was killed by an Israeli soldier, but uh, there is no indication that she was targeted deliberately. I'm paraphrasing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so clearly, that summation, that statement, that report did not meet uh, the basic definition of of an investigation that will that would culminate in transparency and accountability. Uh, which is what the family has been calling for. As for the FBI probe, we really are not (laughs) in the know about how it's proceeding or where it even started. So that remains to be seen.
1: So why the lack of progress? That's after the break.
2: On the Inside Story podcast this week, could the arrest of Pakistan's former prime minister Imran Khan plunge Pakistan into turmoil? Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So Ali, I know that Shireen's family members like Lena Avakle, her niece, fought for the launch of the FBI investigation, and it wasn't just Lena. Dozens of congressional leaders on Capitol Hill joined the family and fighting for a real investigation. What response have they gotten?
2: So it's it's interesting in this case that you have a Congress that's historically pro-Israel, mm-hmm. and it was able to come together, even in one instance, on bipartisan basis in calling for an investigation. But what we've heard from these lawmakers is that they're not getting satisfactory responses from the administration. Mm. And what the administration has been saying publicly via State Department briefings is that they're suggesting that they're ready to turn the page.
1: So Al Jazeera Media Network is submitting a case to the International Criminal Court over Shireen's killing. And the Biden administration opposes this ICC investigation. What do you know about where that stands?
2: So this opposition to the ICC investigation goes into uh, the broader conflict itself. Because Palestinians have been saying for years, where do we turn to for accountability for abuses? Where do we turn to for justice against Israeli violations. And what the American administration says, this one and the Trump administration before it and the Obama administration before it, is that we do not support ICC investigations into the situation in Palestine because Israel is not a signatory to the ICC statute and Palestine is not a state. So, this is where the cyclical logic comes in. And it's the same logic that they are using to voice opposition to any ICC involvement in the killing of Mm Shireen and in the investigation of the killing of Shireen, that is. And they go back to the soundbite and the talking point that Israel has the wherewithal to investigate itself.
1: So then, Does any of this surprise you? Or is this business as usual when it comes to the U.S. administration, administrations, plural, and how they've always dealt with Israel?
2: Nobody's surprised by the Biden administration's reaction. It's not just me. It's the Palestinian-American journalist I've spoken to. It's the Arab-American advocates I've spoken to. It's uh, the human rights campaigners I've spoken to. Everybody says... This is not surprising, because for the past seven decades and more, successive U.S. administrations have shielded Israel from accountability when it comes to abuses against Palestinians. We know that the U.S. administration is very hostile uh, to Palestinian efforts to seek accountability in the International Criminal Court for war crimes, and for alleged crimes against humanity committed by Israel. An American citizen was killed. A journalist doing her job was killed. And this is the very same administration that came into office saying, we will center human rights. We will break away with Trump's approach to autocrats and his support for abusers. So when you put all of these elements together, that this is an administration that specifically wanted to pursue a principles and and value-based foreign policy with the fact that an American was killed, with the fact that a correspondent was killed while reporting the news.
1: Our message is this, journalism is not a crime.
2: If Joe Biden was true about human rights and about protecting journalists, and if he means what he says when he keeps saying journalism is not a crime, and if the State Department means what it says when when it says that the safety of American citizens across the world is its top priority, what happens in this case? Why was Shireen an American citizen treated differently?
1: What could have been done better? And what would be seen as justice in the eyes of those who have been fighting for it?
2: Let's start with the issue of justice and accountability. The State Department uh, spokesperson Ned Price, the day that Shireen was killed, said those responsible for Shireen's killing should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And not just... The soldier who pulled the trigger is responsible for Shrin's killing. The chain of command, all the way up to the officials who ensured this culture of impunity or in devaluing of the lives of Palestinians, should be brought to justice. American taxpayers supply Israel with $3.8 billion, at least in military assistance. So The U.S. administration could have used that leverage to push Israel to conduct its own investigation that would culminate in a prosecution of Shireen's killers. That did not happen. The United States could have used measures at its disposal to investigate and then identify those responsible for the killing of Mm Shireen all the way up the chain of command of the Israeli military and unilaterally imposed sanctions on them. But we did not see any of this. What we saw is that the Biden administration adopted and embraced Israel's story that this was accidental, and they continue to do so. And they're turning the page on this. We cannot, on a personal level, as journalists, as uh, colleagues of Shireen. We cannot disconnect from the emotions and the grief. Mm-hmm. An attack on one journalist feels like an attack on all journalists. And when that journalist worked for the same media organization, mm-hmm. it especially feels personal.
1: So, Ali, do you think Lena and the rest of Shireen's family will get what they want? Will there be justice for Shireen?
2: It's difficult to predict uh, with these cases. But what I have heard from Palestinian rights advocates, what the family has said, is that they will continue to push for accountability. They will continue to push for justice. There's an Arabic saying, a right is never lost as long as it has seekers. So while we don't know what the future may hold, those seeking justice for Shireen are adamant on ensuring it. —
1: And that includes Rania. She still ventures through the occupied West Bank almost daily, reporting the news, even when it's hard, really hard. — The feeling of loss and injustice
0: are very much dominant in, in, in the office especially with the ongoing daily killings. Israeli raids have only been getting more regular and more deadly. Since the beginning of this year, more than 120 Palestinians were killed. And we're finding ourselves more on the street and in the field covering such raids and the aftermath. And to think that Shireen was killed covering a similar raid, wearing her uh, protective equipment, helmet, vest, clearly marked as a member of the press, still targeted and shot, With no one held accountable for her murder, a year on, it's it's just a scary feeling. No one is secure, and it's chilling. At the same time, I have to say, we're more determined to keep telling the story. Shirin's passion, dedication, and professionalism is very much missing. Her presence, her laugh, her kindness is missing, and it's not easy to get used to her absence. It's very hard, but it has also made us stronger, if anything, for her. We need to keep talking about Shireen and demand justice for Shireen. She wouldn't have settled for anything less if it was
1: anyone else. And that's The Take. We'll be back on Friday. This episode was produced by Amy Walters and Ashish Malhotra, with Chloe K. Lee, Nagin Oliyei, Miranda Lynn. Sonia Bagat, Khalid Sultan, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Adam Gad and Munira Al-Dusadi are our engagement producers. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio.